sports news when it happens on the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Rise and grind, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. Time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam and Bobby Carpenter. Here we go on a Wednesday. Attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. every single weekday morning right here on The Fan. Brandon Beam, the General Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark. General, it's great to talk to you here again on a tornado warning slash Tornado, actually, addition to the program. What's going on, man? Yeah, a little swirling going on somewhere around here. Uh, so doing some stuff this morning, a little workout, some pull-ups, hearing the sirens go off. Wait a minute, it's not noon. Yeah, exactly. It's noon on Wednesday. They always test them, but today uh, came a little earlier. So uh, thankfully on the west side, I think everything is good as it's moving forward. They said the storm is moving about 50 miles an hour beam, Oof. so cruising through pretty quickly. Uh, supposed to be out to the east side here in the next couple of minutes and passing through uh, the eastern part of Ohio here quickly. So wish everybody safety. Make sure that everything's going good. Um, drove on through it because that's what I always do. Wife said, why don't you wait? Be safe. I was safe. We got here. All is good. And Shark's been here the whole time. So yeah, Shark, I knew that he'd be good to go. Shark asked me, he goes, when you were driving in this morning, you know, what was it? what was it like? And I said, um, I mean, it was bone dry when I was driving in around 4.30. Now, I could obviously, like, see the south side, and I could see the west side. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it had looked like, you know, a scene out of, like, Poseidon's Adventure or oh, that boy. Zeus was, like, conjuring something up. I'm like, I mean, it was lightning pretty hard. Like, every couple of seconds, there were uh, some big lightning strikes. And you could obviously, like, see it moving towards where we were at in Columbus. Uh, but it was, I mean, bone dry. And then I pulled it in the radio station and about... I don't know, a half hour. Hash Browns and Smackdowns. You're listening to Morning Juice. Here's the log here. A little Wednesday edition to the program. Hopefully everybody's staying safe uh, out there with the tornado warning that blew through central Ohio, like Columbus area. Uh, looking at right now, Perry County's got a tornado watch. Um, tornado warning Ring, yeah. issued until 630. So, uh, I mean, this thing is like, Right on the edge of Lancaster, Bob, like mm-hmm. into Circleville, and then kind of out like Newark right now. So if you're yeah, out that way, if you're sleeping. out east, like that way, uh, just a, a heads up that things might be getting a little dicey for we you. We said my dad could probably sleep through a tornado. I'm guessing he is today. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Well, he might be up listening to the show, sitting in the hot tub out back, <laughs> headphones on. Yeah. That sounds great. Oh, yeah. You know, you got a tornado going on, got the headphones in. Lightning coming down. It's popping the jacuzzi for a sec. Oh, well, listen. Just to get things fired up. You want to get your back loosened up for the day. Of course you do. Right? Regardless of whether or not that tornado hits, you want to make sure that the back's loose. You got to get the the glutes firing. And so, I don't know if he's big into the activation. He's just more into the relaxation. Okay. But get the back loosened up. He's been getting in the hot tub every day since, I don't know, 25 years now since we got it. And, uh, yeah, just really enjoying that, living his best life. Does... uh, does your dad have a uh, a seat heater in his car? Now he does. Does he, he al- does he always turn it on? Because that's know. a great way for him to it also is. relax the that back. That used to be how I would warm up, like when I was go to, go to work out. You know, I'd always work out at six during the show time, and yeah, you know, I'd always flip the seat heater on and sit there, let it warm up the back a little bit, so I was hot and ready coming in to work out. I don't think that he. Uh, I don't know if he uses that quite as much. He needs. He, he just got it's just with his new truck, so I don't know. We'll see if he uh, 
is leaning in on that or not. That's the way that I warm up to the golf course. I mean, I don't take any practice swings, Bob. I just if it's a 15 trunk, 20 trunk minute drive, trunk slamming usually uh depending on what time of the day that it is, but yeah, usually I'm just firing up the old seat heater to get my back ready. I feel like it's, it's really, really about, it's really the underrated way, underrated way to work out or warm up. I mean, <laughs> workout. I'll use that as a where you saying that's a workout using the I seat heater. I don't know if I'd qualify that. I mean, <laughs> for me for a workout, I think we've got to get our heart rates a heart rate above at least 135, but I don't know if you're getting that there quite for golf, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, so uh, hopefully everybody's staying safe again. Uh, Perry County with a tornado warning until 630 uh, this morning. It's quite the way, I mean, it's quite the cup of coffee being jolted awake from a, you know, a tornado siren. So, oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully everybody, like, I mean, Shark, you had been up for, you know, what, was that 5 o'clock it rolled around here? You had been up for 11 hours at that time? Yeah, I got up about 7, 7, yeah, a little Little after seven to watch the Cavs last night. Yeah, it was up how for, good did that make you feel? By the way, oh yeah, Great. good until the last drop, wasn't it? I mean, did you expect Max Struess to hit five three pointers in the final couple of minutes and no. then score twelve points in the last sixty seven seconds? It was fantastic. I mean, it was a great game before that happened, and that made it the greatest game of all time. <laughs> Number one on your Mount Rushmore, huh? <laughs> that regular season game in the in the end of February in 2024. That was it. That was number one on your list. Uh, Buckeyes have a new player personnel director, Bob. Uh, Sam Petito is the new director of player personnel. Uh, a former Alabama staffer, actually. Uh, Alex Lightman reported that on Sunday uh, that he was the director of player operations at Alabama, is joining Ohio State staff as uh, director of player Player personnel. Now, can you explain this to me like I'm five, the difference between director of player personnel and then being the GM uh, and what our guy Mark Pantone does? Like, what's the dichotomy and the difference between the two positions? Um, Or is it just a... So it's like an an NFL thing. Like, GM, basically, you're overseeing everything, personnel-wise, dollar allocation, everything else. In the NFL, and you have like your pro personnel director and then your college personnel director, and above them, you may just have like a personnel director they kind of both funnel to that they'll deal with the evaluation process. And then that funnels up to the GM who makes a lot of the overarching decisions, talks a lot with the coach, and tries to figure out exactly kind of what type of players are looking for and what they need to be targeting, identifying. I wonder, I mean, I, I know it's going this direction, and I just, I, I wonder if you would have flipped so the block. This back. has been going. In this direction, more than Harry Styles being. It really has. been going in one direction, and it's been going pretty quick, too. Um, I mean, trending towards every program having a la an NFL-like front office. Well, every model. program that can afford it. Yes. That's the thing. Like, charge this it is to the, winning? This is the difference. Yeah, it's 100% charge it to winning. This is the difference in college football now. The reality is there are you know, some universities that are all in on winning, and this is the type of back office infrastructure you have to set up. And you have to be able to have people that are on staff that are solely dedicated. Like you get Florida, they have like a director of recruiting. They have a director of game day recruiting. They have a director of like on-campus recruiting, off-campus, like all this crap. They got more blue polos in that picture than any other any other team more, I've seen. They got more polos on, the, oh, yeah. on their players. team photo than more they po- do players. More polos than players. Yeah. And the reality is it didn't translate to wins for him, so you have to still do it well. But even with that, like it, you, it's, you're going to have a hard time identifying and procuring talent because, like I said, now it's not only do you have to you know, recruit high school players. That's part of recruiting. Then it's re-recruit and retain your own players yeah. and figure out what their needs and desires are. 
and then recruit players out of the transfer portal and make sure you you know who's going in and what that looks like and is there are there guys there that can help you is it a position need you know yada 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 whatever else is out there and so that's why you need all these added layers that didn't exist before yeah that's a crazy situation uh, and it just seems like coaching staffs now and they need it you know you need help need help in all of the avenues yeah. and all the departments uh, that you could possibly get. So, yeah, he worked at uh, Alabama since 2016, uh, and it says right here on the 11 Warriors wrap-up, recruiting staff under Nick Saban for the past eight years, new Alabama head coach Kalen DeBoer had brought in his own player personnel staff. Uh, however, bringing general manager Courtney Morgan with him from Washington, Alabama also hired for former Ohio State assistant director of player personnel Aaron Hodges away from TCU. So Hodges is back now yep. uh, with Alabama. So I saw that. It was a crazy situation. There's had more pieces of the puzzle. Would you say Aaron Hodges? Yes. He went to Alabama. He was at TCU and then just got hired by DeBoer for that same role. I, uh, I think he may have been at Ohio State. He was. Yeah. 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 Okay. I was going to say, I'm like, mm-hmm. I remember old Eron being here at Ohio State. Yeah. Aaron, spelled E R O N. Yeah. Enron. Yeah. Eron. <laughs> and then I also saw that Ohio State, and this was, uh, I think, late last week or over the weekend, uh, Brandon Jordan, who worked as a pass rush specialist for the Seahawks, also joining Larry Johnson and his staff yes. to come into that same capacity for the Buckeyes. Yeah, so that's going to be big. He was at Michigan State prior to that. Yep. You want to have a you know, transition plan at some point for Larry Johnson. He's not going to be able to coach here forever. So bringing him in as a defensive assistant, what is his title? Analyst, GA? Uh, let's see. What's the official title? Defensive program assistant. Okay. So we'll kind of figure out what that exactly means. But yeah. being in that defensive line room, help with the pass rush. From what I've been told, great on the individual pass rush. Maybe not as much of a scheme guy yet. So this gives him time to, time to learn and understand that. So you begin to round everything out. I like it. I had no clues against Ohio High School rules to play seven on seven football. That's next morning juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Multiple trouble spots out there. First, avoid the ramp from 161 westbound to I-270 southbound on the northeast side because of flooding. Also on the west side, US-40 is closed in all directions between State Route 56 and State Route 38. Lastly, we are watching slowdowns on I-270 southbound just beyond Easton Way because of a crash. And we are continuing to keep an eye on a crash on the east side that has I-70 eastbound at 256 slow moving. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stone. If Bobby and Beamer aren't talking about it, it's not worth your time anyway. You're listening to Morning Juice. Here's along here, a little Wednesday edition of the program. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Be careful if you're driving into work this morning. I mean, I saw Angela Ann tweet out some pictures of the roads. I mean, if you're at 270 and 161, kind of over on like the northeast side, like, you know, close to like the eastern area. Uh, the 161 westbound tunnel to the 270 southbound area, like the big loop that gets you onto 270, you know, mm-hmm. uh, right over there. I mean, there is like significant flooding, like significant water. So if you're making your way that way, just be careful because some of these images that are coming out are uh, pretty wild. Again, I wasn't in the studio when, or I was in the studio when it started to come down. I mean, you were driving right through it. Is oh, yeah. all it was this? Was, I mean, was it? I what I mean, pretty. It was raining pretty good, pretty gnarly. Yeah, I mean the wind wasn't that bad, but it was it was raining pretty hard. Pouring, I think, since probably I don't know five fifteen this yeah. morning. Started, you could feel it coming in on the west side here. Yep, uh, and blew through pretty quickly. I mean, it's I don't even know if it's raining outside anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't hear anything um, with what we got going on. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the radar man, and it was about 
Why don't you just look out the window there? <laughs> yeah. We don't have a window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a safe place to be when the tornado warning uh, was going on was the studio. That was a good thing, right? You want to get to shelter. You want to make sure you don't have any windows. Like this thing popped up, Bob. I'm looking at the Doppler 10 radar right now at 515 in like 5 a.m. just outside of London. All right. And it was London, England or London, Ohio, London, Ohio. Okay. Also London, England. I'm, I'll have to check their weather there, make sure they're not getting the same thing. And then at, I mean, 630, and if you're still kind of on like the southeast, east side, like this is like in Etna right now, uh, and then Circleville's kind of getting it, Lancaster, like I said. Uh, but, I mean, at 630, it was past like the outer belt. So, I mean, in an hour and 15 minutes time, it went all the way from London to the east side of Columbus. That's a that's, so it's traveling fifty miles an hour. Like it was humming, man. This is, is a fast moving storm. Yeah. So if you're driving around this morning, just be careful because there are some pretty gnarly situations out there uh, on the road. Did you know it was against the rules to play seven on seven football in Ohio? Well, I knew that there was limitations on what you can do with seven on seven. Um, I know that you get so many like camp days and stuff as far as your team, but. It, if you're not with your team, I didn't. I don't necessarily know how all that works. So the OHSAA rule reads. By the way, Sharks' favorite organization. The that a member of an interscholastic football team. Interstellar. Interstellar. Matthew McConaughey. Shout out! Great movie. Great on the big screen. Uh, that a member of an interscholastic football team may not participate in an athletic contest with a non-interscholastic team in the same sport between August first and May fourteenth. Any contact football, flag football, touch football, and arena football. T- hold on. They said touch football in there? Can't go out and play with your buddies. Touch, touch football. Yeah, I'm sure. That, that, hold on. I'm, they really put in their touch football. It's any contact football, flag football, touch football, and arena football are examples of non-permissible events. That's, in the, that's what the rule states. A member, school, or program, or team in the sports of football may participate with a non-interscholastic program in camps, tryouts, training, and or practices prior to and after the interscholastic team's season under the following conditions. A, they may not play in any contest, including 7-on-7, except between May 15th and July 31st. So a couple of months you can do that. All activities must be non-contact. And then C, the only football equipment the player may wear are helmets and cleats. From May 15th to July 31st, a member of an interscholastic football team may participate in athletic contests, tryout, or any type uh, of group training. Uh, the team provided all participation is non-contact, and the only football equipment being worn are helmets and cleats. This would include 7-on-7 seven seven per- for per- participation. Now, the reason this is brought up is because Ohio State commit. Um, what's this, Trey? Is it Trey? Trey McNutt. Trey McNutt. Not a commit yet. Not a commit yet. Not a commit um, yet, but he is a very, very high-ranked recruit. Out of Cleveland. Out of Cleveland. Out of, dad, out of Shaker Heights, yeah. His dad, Rich, is from Chicago and played with me at Ohio State. So, okay. Yeah. He is I mean, the 37th overall prospect, according to the 24-7 sports composite in the country. He's the number two-ranked safety in the country, and he's the number one-ranked prospect in in Ohio for the class of 2025. So, so this next class coming up. Fairly significant player yeah. when it comes to... Is that one to Ohio State? Yes. Is that played for the Buckeyes? <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. Shaker Heights. Top 24-7 safety. Trey McNutt is currently facing a one-game suspension for his senior season 
because he has elected to participate in a seven-on-seven tournament, which violates the OHSAA uh, rule that regulates and prohibits football players that play on non-school teams being a certain window of time. McNutt, who is the 24-7 sports composite number two ranked safety and number one prospect in the state of Ohio, played with Fast Houston against the Battle Miami tournament in late January and will suit up at this weekend's USA Flag 7-on-7 tournament being played in Los Angeles. When he found out that he was suspended, he told 24-7 Sports, I think that the rule is unacceptable. It's taking control of the kids, and it feels like it's stripping basic rights away. How are you going to tell somebody that they can't go train or play football at all? And at the same time, these other sports, they're able to play AAU and everything, but football can't do it. So I'm fighting this rule because it's generally wrong, and it's uh, and it's for the generations after me. I don't know if it's for the generations after you. I love that you're taking uh, onus and you're taking uh, pride in that. Like, well, yeah, the, it's the reality is it might have got changed in time for him, but it might get changed in time for other. Might be able to help others, and this this has like been the worst worst kept secret. It's just football in other states, and having lived in other states you see the importance, especially in places like Texas, placed upon it. And people joke, they go, when you come to football, or come to Ohio, football is a hobby mm-hmm. for high school sports. Just given the massive amount of limits and restrictions that are placed upon it. Like the OHSA has largely been run by mostly basketball folks, so you have lots of basketball opportunities that you can play. And you have AAU and second seasons and you know, YBOA travel and all, and all, travel, all this stuff. stuff. But football is the only one where you don't have any of that. Because this isn't like you, you're not getting together with your own school. This is him playing somewhere else. And not even in this state, by the way. If I'm hearing you correctly on that, correct? What? Uh, Trimming not, not even playing in the state, within the bounds of the correct. state. Correct. He, he was not playing in the state. Yeah. That's right. I mean, so we have that. And then on top of this... I may have emailed some people over at the OHSA yesterday. Hey, Shark, why don't you email uh, Street or Ute and see if we can get them on? Gotcha. I'm sure they'll be all over those all over those emails. Um, but if you could do that, that'd be great. So I also get a message yesterday, Beam. Um, and so one of the other things that I talked to you about this last year about how they did the showcases in Central Ohio, like the for the uh, colleges. I think Gahanna had one, Arlington had one. Yeah, Pickerton. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they do them like in consecutive days. Like some college takes, college coaches go and they disperse out, in, right? They yeah, all yeah. come in and watch them. Yeah. And by the way, like given the rules, there's no football, there's nothing, but you can at least watch these guys move around. And like the, the combine, yes, similar to a combine, just without any type of actual ball drills. Yeah, which is a little ridiculous, but sure. But it's a great way to get exposure for the players in Ohio. A la what Trey McNutt is doing. Yeah. To be able to get exposure where college coaches are able to see you. And here's an email that's directly sent out from the director of officiating and sport management, Bo Rugg. And I emailed Bo last night. and was like, hey, why are we against this? He said, we're trying to get the rules changed. I'm like, dude, we let people, we don't, we, we don't even enforce rules anywhere in the United States anymore. We're going to enforce this. We allow millions of people to pour into our borders, but we're going to choose to enforce uh, this. So this is his email about the Spring Showcase Weekly Word. I thought it might be a good idea to send this out again. I've been getting some questions on Spring so- Showcases or Combines sponsored by schools, so I thought I should outline how to stay within the regulations. I mean, like, dude, just say no footballs. Showcase slash Combines held prior to May 15th with participating schools, coaches running drills, one, the school, this is during the individual skill instruction time frame for football. Okay. You would need to structure this showcase as stations. This is what's amazing. 
of stations of no more than seven players per station beam. Because you don't want too many guys going through the line at the same time because then you might be able to like run plays or something, I guess, is what they're doing. You may have as many coaches as each station as you wish. Having a football in use or not is irrelevant. And general sports regulations 7.4.1 and 7.4.2 prohibit Ohio players from playing in 7-on-7 at this time. There you go. But why? Exactly. Why? Well, like, well, the players vote. This is what even in different states. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the irony of this. Like, even okay, in do what you states. do what you want in your own state. Sure. I mean that that's fine and, and all good. But I mean, this kid's traveling out to Los Angeles and going down to Florida, and then you're going to punish him because he did that out of state. So here's here would be a question that I would ask: What if a player lived in another state where this was permissible, and then moved and transferred to Ohio this summer? but had already done this prior. Does that exempt them? That's a good question. You know, do they need to change their address, change their schools in Statute the Statute of limitations, what's that? It's just, yeah. it's a mess, man. And I was like, hey, I'm serious. So I emailed Bo, I'm like, why is it, we're not diminishing, why are we sending this email out? Like, really? Seven players per station, just, hey, try to follow the rules. Just some random number. You're having college kids, colleges come and watch your players to try to promote them, to give them opportunities that everybody else has in other states. But no, we're going to sit here and talk about, make sure we have seven players. And by the way, Trey McNutt, we're going to probably suspend you and not let you play your senior year um, because you played in seven on sevens. A new head coach in the NFL was pumped uh, that his team's quarterback situation Mm, was terrible last year. That and quick hitters next morning juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and good morning to you. Right now, multiple trouble spots out there. The first on the ramp from 161 West to I-270 South on the northeast side. There is flooding in that tunnel. Keep that in mind if this is a part of your commute. Also, right now, US-40 is completely shut down in both directions between State Route 56 and State Route 38. Because of debris on the roadways, we are still watching slowdowns also on I-270 Southbound beyond East and Way. And we are watching slowdowns on I-70 Eastbound. Expect lane closures on the east side on the ramp from 256 to I-70 eastbound. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Station. Panic and passion. Uh, is that a motivational quote or the title of an adult romance novel? <laughs> You're listening to Morning Juice. We here on the Juice are brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Healthy Leader in Testosterone and Hormone Replacement Therapy. You can, of course, always visit them on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. Hey, Sharky. Yeah. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy, you doing all right over there? Happy Stormy Wednesday. Yeah, yeah everybody's st- Hopefully everybody's staying safe. Yes. Receiver Devontae Adams left the Packers a couple years ago so he could play with his old buddy, Derek Carr, at, uh, with the Raiders. And then he played just one season with Carr, who was dumped by Vegas. You might think Adams would want out. Nope. He likes playing in Vegas. Who doesn't? And the Raiders like him. There was speculation that Devontae would be dealt this offseason Beamer, but at the NFL Combine yesterday, GM Tom Telesco said, nope, he is a Raider. All right, it's lion season, but this one seems to be pretty low on the scale uh, of lies. I mean, I forget, I think it was talking to Austin last week maybe, and they flashed something up on the screen, and it was like, oh, Devontae Adams, he's going to go to the Jets. It's like, well, if this were... 
everybody's world, everybody would go to the Jets. I'm like, I'm not sure what draft capital the Jets have to get them. I'm not sure what their cap situation is. He likes it out in Vegas. He was literally like pounding on the desk to say Antonio Pierce needs this job. I mean, it was him and Max Crosby, the two dudes out there in Vegas, you know, all pros on both sides of the ball saying that this dude needs to keep his job. Um, so I think he's excited that Antonio Pierce is there. He obviously has a new situation and they're bringing in new coordinators and, uh, yeah, I just I don't I don't see him leaving Vegas. He's one he's being paid too much money, and two I don't know what it would take to get him, and I'm not sure that anybody's going to want to trade a first round pick to be able to go and get a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean he's, he would be an expensive piece for a first round pick given his salary uh, that you'd have to bring on, and there's no way the Jets could afford his salary. I mean maybe they, I don't know. Like it, I know Aaron restructured, and maybe that restructuring would give them some room to do that. But they don't want to give up that type of draft capital. You wouldn't think, unless they're of the belief, hey, you know what? We're all in now. But I think part of the reason that they hired Antonio Pierce was to keep those guys together. Of course. So I'd, I'd, that would be, it wouldn't surprise me because it's the Raiders and that'd be the king of dysfunction. You hire a coach <laughs> yeah. to make those yeah, guys happy right. to keep them there. Yeah. But then ultimately you, you trade the guy anyway. But who knows? He has a cap hit of $25.35 million for this year. So you're going to give up a first-round pick and then pay his salary? Uh, like that's I, yeah. more than T. Higgins on the franchise tag. Mm. The Atlanta Falcons went with a quarterback cocktail of Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. That sounded good. How and, did that taste? It tastes like an Arnie Palmy. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Went 7-10 and 10 last season, third straight year at 7-10, and 10, which is why Arthur Smith... Lost his job last month. He was replaced by Raheem Morris, who is at the Combine this week. And when he was asked about the play of the Atlanta quarterbacks last season, Raheem said, if we had better quarterback play, I'm probably not standing here at this podium. Bob, I think it's safe to say that Ritter and Heineke will not be the starting quarterback for the Falcons come September. I think you're right in saying that. They gave Desmond Ritter a decent amount of rope. They have a pretty solid uh Roster for him, yeah. You know, Bijan Robinson. They've it's got London. It's London. I mean, they've good, got really good offensive line too. Pretty good offensive line. Yeah. Like Ritter, just he's probably more of a backup quarterback at this point, as is Heineke. And so you had two backups. Two backups do not equal one starter, unfortunately. That's not how the and math works. And he Morris gets it. He's like, if they were playing better, they'd be ten and seven, not seven and ten. And the sad thing is, like for them with Arthur Smith, like they were just good enough. To not get a good, a high enough pick to draft a quarterback and just bad enough to like not make the playoffs and be relevant. Mediocre is the worst place to be in the NFL, is it not? Mediocre without a quarterback, yeah. yes. Yeah, because you've got every, like your defense is all right. Yeah. You get a couple of pieces, like all of a sudden that's going to translate to some wins. Like I said, you got a pretty good offensive line. You got the weapons. It's just all on the quarterback. That's why every quarterback that's out there, well, like on the trade market or well, Justin Fields, of course. Like, that's why they've talked about him being there and tying him. Yeah, of course it is. So I, I've, we, usually sometimes we get honesty uh, from coaches. I don't think I've ever heard a coach be that. <laughs> Bluntly, <laughs> bluntly, I was like, "Yeah, if these guys had a quarterback, then I wouldn't be here because the coach wouldn't be fired." So, uh, tip of the cap to him. North Carolina State swimmer Owen Lloyd won the sixteen hundred fifty freestyle at the ACC Championships this past weekend. He swam a personal best fourteen minutes thirty seven point four seconds, which also earned him an automatic berth into the NCAA championship. But Lloyd's joy turned into a nightmare real quickly. At the end of the race, he crossed over into another lane while Mm. people were still swimming. That is a no-no. And Lloyd was disqualified. His T 
teammate finished second, but was awarded the gold medal, which he is going to give to Lloyd. But Beamer, a, a harmless mistake, cost him the ACC title and a shot at the NCAA. So I watched this video uh, that came out. I mean, he's cruising along. He's done a minute before the you know the rest. You gotta of, let him clear. Yeah, and it's so his awful. his teammate is in the lane next to him, and so they're celebrate they're celebrating together, and he goes up uh, kind of on that lane barrier, Bob. Like he's celebrating, and he's in the lane with his teammate, and they're both done. Yeah, like th- they're both finished, and you know they're celebrating and they're going wild. The crazy part was as he's getting ready to go up and talk to the announcers who are covering it. Like, he hears it over the loudspeaker that he's been disqualified, and then he just, like, collapses. Like, I can't even believe what happened. But that was a crazy situation, so we'll not be participating, uh, I believe, at the national NCAA National Championships or moving forward um, because of that disqualification at ACC. It's crazy. That stinks, man. Um, I, it's the rule. I get it. Like, I grew up as a swimmer. You have to let the, everyone finish before you get out. Because their walls are so steep, you just can't climb out of your respective lane. You've got to go under, get to the side, but you got to wait. And I, it's a stupid rule. I don't agree with it. I'm glad his teammate is stepping up. So here's the thing: his teammate won the silver. Yeah, really. But they're giving him the gold. He's giving the gold to his teammate. What is, does he get? Anything then? <laughs> does he get the silver back? I mean, seriously. Yeah, that's that's right. That's where my mind's going. Yeah, well, I've had a hell of a week uh, so far. We'll catch you up with everything that's been going on the re-rack next morning. Juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and good morning to you. Right now, multiple trouble spots out there. The first on the ramp from 161 West to I-270 South on the northeast side. There is flooding in that tunnel. Keep that in mind if this is a part of your commute. Also, right now, US 40 is completely shut down in both directions between State Route 56 and State Route 38 because of debris on the roadways. We are still watching slowdowns also on I-270 Southbound beyond East way and we are watching slowdowns on i-70 eastbound expect lane closures on the east side on the ramp from 256 to i-70 eastbound in the 10 tv traffic center i'm amy stagger beam has a baby face bobby has soft hands that should not stop you from listening to this show this is morning juice hour number two of the program for us on a wednesday brandon beam bobby carpenter mark the shark Coming up here, 720 this morning, we'll check in with the head coach of your Columbus Blue Jackets, Coffee with the Coach, Pascal Vincent. He's going to join the program, Jackets tonight, and the Big Apple, taking on the Rangers at 7 o'clock. 6.30 coverage begins here on The Fan. So Pascal's going to join us coming up here at 720 this morning. We're going to move what has us juiced to about 7.35 this morning because we had to make room for Mr. President because President of The Ohio State University, Ted Carter, he is going to join the program around 7.48-ish this morning. So it's a good time to tell if you're heading into work or anything. If you want to stream that, you can anywhere uh, that you get your streams. You can stream it on the website. You can stream it on the app. Uh, I believe you can stream it on iHeart, like all over the place. Uh, you can stream that. So if you want to listen to Ted Carter again, that's coming up here around 7.48 a little bit later on this morning. And then at 8.35, Berm, he's going to join the program. I'm going to talk some Buckeyes with him. Right now, it's at a re-rack. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. Your destination for top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Said Jackets at the Rangers tonight. Big Apple, most famous arena in the world. Over Madison Square Garden. That is a 6.30 coverage right here on the fans. 7 o'clock start for them. Over on ESPN Columbus tonight. Potential outright Big Ten clincher 
for the Ohio State women's basketball program at home against Michigan this evening at the shot. What a day to do it. Senior day over at the shot. You get an opportunity to clinch outright Big Ten championship. Like, yeah, in. In. That'd be big. That'd be big. It'd be nice to have that wrapped up. They already clinched the number one seed based upon tiebreakers and everything else. But if they win tonight, they will be outright Big Ten champs and not have to share it with Iowa uh, or India despite what happens this weekend. It would be nice to obviously win the next two. Yep. You win the next two, you're probably a one seed regardless of what happens in the tournament. Despite, I mean, you should at least win one game. But it would be fantastic to have that wrapped up and to have sole ownership of that title 645 on espn columbus seven o'clock start for that one again over on the shot what a better way to do it than the one team that has beaten you in big 10 play and that being against your bitter rivals in michigan mm-hmm. <laughs> that's i mean all kind of the, yeah. the the world aligned for you right here to be able to do this at home because you'd like to clinch it at home obviously as opposed to doing it on the road on sunday and when sunday would be fantastic on right. caitlin clark senior day don't get me wrong She's raining on that parade over there, but not to besmirch her, but it's obviously you, right. you're trying to get the win. But yeah, to be able to win it at home, you know, maybe get a good uh, court storm afterwards in a responsible way. Yeah. Hey, hey, folks, if you're going to storm the court, let's not do. Let's not run out there with a selfie in our hands. Just be smart about it. Don't say anything to the let opposing the players, players. Let, let them, them go. Clear, let them clear. Stay out of the way. Yeah. Don't run out there looking in your phone. Just like I, I would not. Advise it's ill-advisable to drive while looking in your rearview mirror, not just for a glance, but actually maybe seeing if that could somehow help you. Looking backward to go forward, yeah, don't not do a that. Good idea. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens tonight. Big opportunity for them. You were you not suggesting jail time for court stormers then? No, Jay Billis, man. <laughs> Dude, here's the thing: like when you're one of the best teams, like you get stormed on when people beat you. It happens. Here's the thing, like, do it in response way. Now, Wake Forest, like, the school should be fine because they said they had a plan in place. Uh, that plan didn't work out very. They good. have video of one of like the ushers like p- waving people on. Go, the court. go, go! It's like, what are we doing, man? <laughs> like, get some ropes yeah. and make sure that you funnel them like around the team until the, the visiting team can leave. And I understand that you know what you want them to leave in a quick and expedited manner. Understand that they just lost a toughly contested, hard-fought game. So give them a little bit of grace there. But folks, celebrate with your team. Yes. Don't go up there to yell at other people. Or if I, if my other recommendation is the Stephen Jackson Ron Artest method. <laughs> you if you touch me, get, then all hell breaks you loose. You run up and get in my face. <laughs> pow! Deliver one right to the suck hole. <laughs> Right to the neck. Exactly. <laughs> Throat chops. Like you come down. There are no rules. Exactly. Like if you jump down into the lion's den at the zoo, I'm not blaming the lion for eating you. Of course not. Why would I do that? Well, because people think it'd be cool. Yeah. Run around in here. I'm not blaming Harambe. Just like that guy that He's doing his own thing, the gorilla with, uh, down in Cincinnati. I mean, with uh, Curtis Shark uh, that ran out there on the field with him back. I showed you the video of Curtis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. old, uh, the old hippie. Yeah, yeah. He ran out there trying to pick up the football. That was high Bam! as a kite. Dude. He's having a great he's smiling oh, when he's yeah. getting tackled. Ball flew up in the air. <laughs> like, listen, I, I'm a. I here's we. T- I talked about this a little with it off a little bit, but you know what? Like, I am a proponent of court storming. I think it's what's separate field storming. I've been on both sides of it. I'm a proponent. I think it's what separates collegiate sports from professional sports. I think it's great. It's a great thing that happens. Yeah. 
However, it needs to be done in a responsible way. And so people that are idiots like this, and they were just pouring out there. It was really more, I put it more on Wake Forest for that. Like, do a better job of protecting the visiting team and ushering them out of there quickly. But every school, so this is the answer to it. Every school, just like you have an emergency action plan, they have all these things for you know, different events. In the event of a court storm, here's what we do. By the way, because Wake Forest, like we had one. Nope, we're going to go get a couple hundred students, and we're going to count it down. We're going to show you. We have walkthroughs for everything in sports. Why not have a walkthrough for this? To show how the folks are able to administer this plan in a timely manner, in an effective manner, and so that everybody's walked through it and they know what to do. And you know what? If you have to throat chop a dude who's trying to jump over the rope, then you throat chop the dude. Like, whatever. You bring out Schlegs, you can show them that video. <laughs> what happens if they get over the rope? This. This is an educational video, too. Absolutely. And so you should have to submit that to your conference. Your conference should say, okay, boom, that looks good, or nope, we don't like that. We need more here, less there, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you can move forward productively. But that's the solution, not eliminate it. We get into society now where, oh my gosh, look at what's happening. We've got to eliminate it. How about we just raise expectations instead of lowering them? I'm with you, man. We're just going to lower expectations beam so low that nobody even cares anymore. We can't do this. People are irresponsible. Why don't we just ask people to be more responsible? And then if they're not, then we punish them with a throat chop (laughs) or a tackle to the ground or whatever it is. And then maybe, you know what, and if you don't listen and abide by the rules, then you should get arrested. Yeah, because if you ran on the court during a game, like a moron, there should be negative uh, repercussions and consequences that happen for that. But, like, give people a chance. This is how we have to do it. We have a fun activity here that when we get to win. There's so much room for activities. So many rooms. It's going to be fun. Hey, you know, and let's, let's see if they can do it. You know, let's give them that opportunity. Just like Uncle Tony at camp. He's going to give him the opportunity. I'm feeling skinny, Uncle Tony. Absolutely. Get on the scale. Get off the scale. Exactly. <laughs> but that's just give people the chance. Tell them, lay out expectations. Don't just eliminate them. Don't just say, we can't do this. Why? Well, it's too hard. Fine. Be a, you know what? Be a Shlake, problem solver. Shlake said he'd love to be, what did he What did he want to be yesterday, Shark? The president of the NCAA. Did all he I bring need, that back again? All I need are monsters and a whiteboard. Yeah. Solve every problem. He can solve this up. Diagram how to stop the court storm. Let me tell you, a couple of whiteboards is what he said. And then in the event that it doesn't happen, here's a video of how you handle it. That's me. Boom. Sorry. Look, Sorry. I, already, Sorry. I, already, I did that myself. It's kind of like Michael Scott with Diversity Tomorrow. Okay? <laughs> here's my own video of this. By the way, Diversity Day was on last oh, night. On man. Watch that on, uh, I don't know, one of the syndications. What a mess. But that's a mess all you got to do. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Show them. Um, we had a, I've had a hell of a week so far, and it's only Wednesday. So I was not planning on being out on Monday and Tuesday. So you get back from the Buckeye Cruise. Uh, when did you guys get back? On Saturday? Friday. Okay, you got back on well, Friday. Friday at 5, like 6.30 is when I got home. Leave the show uh, on Friday. Everything's good. Meredith had strep last week. Oh, that sounds So great. she was out. She was obviously out of work for a couple of days and then took a half day. So like she had already taken a lot of last week off, right? And just because she was not feeling great, and obviously she was... Uh, contagious. So she was dealing with that. We were dealing with that last week in our house. Get a text from our babysitter um, on Saturday, like, "Hey, I'm not feeling great. I'll let you know." She's like, "I'm going, you know, to do things X, Y, and Z. Like going to the doctor." Like, all right, sounds good. Get a text from her on like Saturday evening. Got COVID. I feel awful. 
She's like, don't, I don't want to, you know, infect anybody in the household. So that happened. We gave Willie a COVID injection when he was born. So that happened. Really up the immunities. Both of our moms are in Florida. That's like built-in babysitters one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, other babysitters obviously had to work. Meredith couldn't take a half day because she took too many. Uh, well, it didn't take too many. She would still be able to take a half day. Uh, I think, listen, if your kid is there's an illness related to one of your children, she can use a sick day. My dad's philosophy is he'd use them all. He's not going to let them take them from him at the end. Well, the problem was that everybody in our house felt fine. <laughs> yeah, but your child care was upset due to a sick day. That's true. Uh, My dad came up and watched one of our kids one time. He goes, oh, I'd love to take a sick day for this. <laughs> Perfect. So now I'm, we know it's part of it. It's right there. You're so I was I was off on mon- I was off yesterday and uh, on Monday because we had no childcare option. So that's why I was off. Uh, oh, Grandpa Shark's doing, and it was there. a real. It was a real. Th- it, I swear to you, is a real thought of mine because Meredith leaves for work around seven. So like right now, you know, school begins at eight. It was a real in in our times of trouble. It was a real thought process. Of mine for Meredith to drop William off at work here, bring him in in the stroller, and I was going to push him in the stroller while doing the show while he had his pacifier in. That oh, either yeah. it was that or what drop him go? off at Chops what desk, and then all all hell could break loose. That's uh, not a good idea. Yeah, it hey, was it was pandemonium. Let me ask, how much do you think he weighs, William? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, Bob. We're gonna find out next week on his first birthday. But I would, I would guess anywhere between like twenty-seven and thirty pounds. Oh gosh, he's really beefed up. Yeah, he's actually slimmed down quite nicely. No. But he has be he has easy elongated. Did the thought ever cross your mind of overnighting him to your parents, your mom, <laughs> in Florida? Yeah, so overnight shipping like a UPS package. Yeah, I mean they yeah. probably get him down there. He say overnight, but I bet it's probably more like twelve Just hours. Put the fragile sticker on the yeah. on the box. Just some pack- email him. Fax him. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? Your mom, they probably could have watched it. Either your mom or Mayor's mom probably could have watched him like via Zoom. Got his conference it in. Yeah, we could have hooked up. I mean, <laughs> just like just leave him home alone. Just you like, mean, just like no, your, you got eyes on him. Just like your it. house. We could have installed some cameras and yeah. just see what he, William, get out of Theo's dog bowl. Make sure I mean, everything's up. Theo he can't would hurt be himself. There in person. Well, and Theo then, would be the uh, the number one option. What's wrong with having a remote a remote babysitter? Yeah, nothing. It's probably the way we're trending now, absolutely. right? Absolutely. It sounds like a good plan to me. Watching from a command center. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh, so that's that's where we've been the last couple of days dealing with childcare, and then our roof collapse or ceiling collapsed last night. So that was also fun to deal with. But we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Uh, for now, coffee with the coach Pascal Vincent. He's next. Morning juice right here on the fan. <laughs> Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Right now, a couple traffic trouble spots. First, the ramp from 161 westbound to I-270 southbound is slightly shut down because of flooding. Right lanes are open, but traffic is slow moving. On 23 on the south side, all lanes are blocked on US 23 south at London Grove Port Road because of a crash. We are also still watching a closure on the far west side. Both directions are shut down on US 40 between State Route 56 and State Route 38 because of debris on the roadways. Lastly, State Route 104 is closed in both directions, just beyond Durrett Road, because of debris. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stuggerman. 
a radio show hosted by two former football players, one slightly more successful than the other. You're listening to Morning Juice. Here's along here, a little Wednesday edition of the program. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Hopefully everybody's staying safe. Just a look at the radar for right now and what's going on uh, with the tornado warnings. It seems that everything for the majority has kind of cleared out at least outside of the outer belt. So like the tail end, Bob is in like Lancaster right now. So everything is moving on out. Like it's down near Athens right now. It's going to get close like Marietta, like Zanesville. So uh, this thing moving rather quickly, but hopefully everybody was staying safe here uh, this morning with what was going on. Uh, weather weather wise, let's see what the weather in the Big Apple is. Blue Jackets conversation, freshly brewed. Lightning with a one-time shot, and he scores. Starring Pascal Vincent and his always in fashion sweater vest. Sponsored by Schottenstein Roofing, proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. This time every single Wednesday, we get to check in with head coach of your Columbus Blue Jackets and the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. He is Pascal Vincent. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Uh, as always, what's the weather like there in the Big Apple in New York? Because we've had one heck of a morning here. Tornado warnings all over the place. Everybody good? Yeah, yeah. No, here in New York, it's it's great. Uh, raining a little bit. Uh, but there's no tornado here. All right, very good. Uh, hopefully, every everybody back home here in Columbus is good, uh, Coach, because yeah. it has been a uh, kind of a crazy situation, a crazy morning. You know, sirens going off at around five a.m. So I'm sure it was a heck of a wake up call for the family and everything. But hope every everybody uh, is okay. Interesting. I mean, it, it happens more frequently. Uh, I feel like in the M- in NHL, NBA, on these back to backs, right? Play one team at home, and then a couple of days later, uh, play the team on the road. Kind of a mini series. Same thing happening to you with the Rangers. Great performance against them a couple of nights ago you get to go back most famous arena in the world uh, with madison square garden tonight what's the message to the guys heading into these uh interesting back-to-backs well we're uh it, the, the back-to-back is uh mainly for tomorrow the message will be to uh to keep it um no we always try to keep it simple but um the the main thing is um we focus in uh on the moment and and we've played a good game against the rangers um home and uh we we've deserved that that win uh we've played really well offensively and defensively if goalie was good special teams um but on the back-to-back it's little things that you we usually talk about uh short shift hockey uh any turnovers it's it's you're going to spend more energy than you should uh because you're you're going to have to back check just managing the puck little things like this uh, but better than that, um, looking at, back at the season and now we've played on those back-to-backs, we've been pretty good um, early in the season. Uh, on the second day, we've played Boston, we beat them. So we, we've had some good uh, success on back-to-backs, but it's uh, tomorrow the Carolina Hurricane is going to be uh, uh, quite a challenge. Do you like uh, do you like the, the back-to-backs, Pasco? I know that you know they did a ton during covid I got a handful this year. I think you have one with later again with Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. is that something that you enjoy? No, no, <laughs> uh, I don't. Um, I know we have to, uh, but the players, uh, I think when, when you play those games, especially uh, 82 game schedule back to backs and, and uh, you're, you're, you're going, uh, you're asking your players to go uh, all out every night. Uh, I think it's, uh, might be prone. You might put your players uh, prone to injuries, uh, but every team has to do it. Um, I, I, we understand it's part of the schedule, uh, but uh, do I like it? No, I don't. 
He is head coach here at Columbus Blue Jackets. Pascal Vincent with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. What have you seen, Coach, uh, recently uh, about the improvement of the penalty kill? Because it's been a very uh, drastic difference from where it was at earlier in the season. Yeah, we've, so we've had a good start. And then uh, we uh, faced some adversity. And it was all about uh, – it was uh, – the de- our details were really good early in the season, so when you're you're doing a good thing, you you just want to add a little component here and there, and just making sure that you keep progressing, keep growing, and um, we we did well uh, once we start doing that, and then all of a sudden it felt like uh, we forgot. Not we forgot, but the details weren't there anymore, and uh, so we went back to. Um, step not step number one, but more basic, and uh, the guys are reacting really well. There was some hard conversations with our players and and uh, accountability and all of that, but uh, the, um, the the last uh, three or four games have been really good. You have about a month and a half left of the season, Pasco. I mean, is there anything you want to try to cha- experiment with as far as lineups? You know pairings, anything there that you've looked at this and said, hey, this might be a good time? Or you know, do you have any goals, things that you'd like to try to accomplish over the last you know, five or six weeks? Yeah, maybe maybe more uh, after the the end of the trading period. Uh, we, we might want to see a few guys from the American League. That's one thing we might want to see. Uh, we're uh, No, I think we've been working all year. Basically, I don't want to see anything different. I wasn't see improvement on, on what what we've built, we've built so far. So we've been growing and progressing and learning the systems. And we talked about it all year. And, and then it's going to take some time. New coach and a bunch of new players. But it, it, recently, we've been the pieces of the puzzle. Seems like they're connecting and they're, the guys are understanding. We're playing a little bit more fast. I want I want this to to gel. I want this to so when next year starts. We're a little bit further ahead, and uh, so that, that's what I want to see. I want to see a consistent team because that's the one thing that uh, maybe we haven't had enough uh, consistency in our execution in our uh, in, in the way we play uh, both offensively and defensively. Coach, I know, yeah, obviously, as an organization, are an interesting time, right? The uh, news about Yarmo comes out a couple of weeks ago. You're without a general manager. Yeah. You have the trade deadline coming up next Friday. I mean, we're only ten days away from that. Um, I mean, what's what's the room like leading into the trade deadline? Bemstrom was just traded. Nylander comes yeah. in uh, to your organization now. I mean, what are what's the kind of mood like in the room, knowing that there may be some futures uh, kind of not in Columbus or other guys moving in here in the next couple of days? Yeah, it's always the same. It's always the same. A few guys are probably uh, nervous uh, right now uh, or or not sure of what's going to happen. But for the most part, um, they don't really talk about it. Their agents uh, will if (laughs) if they need to, but the players, they just don't. And uh, they they just go on about their businesses and... and, um, that's not a subject that we uh, the hockey players talk about, and they know. But they know it's 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 part of the business. Uh, you, you might get traded uh, anytime uh, unless it's in your contract and you have a no trade clause. So just, right now you're not nervous if you have that in your contract. But for most of them, it's just uh, business as usual. And if it happens, it happens. Absolutely, Coach. Always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Glad everybody here is safe. Glad you guys are safe uh, over there in New York. Best of luck tonight. Best of luck tomorrow in the back to back, and we'll check in again next week. Okay. 
Thank you so much. Have a good day, guys. There, it's, there You too. There he goes. Head coach of your Columbus Blue Jackets, Pascal Vincent, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Great stuff for him. Glad everybody is okay. Again, that thing moving uh, way out east uh, in the state now, uh, it seems, about to kind of cross over into that border. So good news uh, there. Interesting stuff from him. We have an addendum to the schedule because we're going to be talking to Ted Carter, president of the Ohio State University, coming up here in 20 minutes' time. We usually get juiced at that time, but we're going to flip that, and we're going to do that next. Morning juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning to you. A number of trouble spots out there. First, the ramp from 161 westbound to I-270 southbound is slightly shut down because of flooding. Right lane is open, but it is slow moving in that northeast area. Also, 23, all lanes are blocked on the south side. This is on 23 southbound just at London Groveport Road. Also, watching a closure on the far west side on US-40. Both lanes are shut down in both directions on US-40 between State Route 56 and State Route 38 because of debris. Lastly, State Route 104 is closed in both directions just beyond Durrett Road because of debris on the roadways. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stark. Keep on swiping that card, baby. Keep on swiping that card. Charge it to winning. This is Morning Juice. We're here on the Juice are brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Healthy Leader in Testosterone and Hormone Replacement Therapy. You can, of course, always visit them on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Newman Roofing. Call Newman Roofing today at 614-NEW-ROOF or visit online at newmanroofing.com. I might have to call them sooner rather than later. Bob, what's got you juiced, buddy? Well, they did a great job for us. Uh, what's got me juiced today? Well, I mean, you got President Carter on today, which yep. is awesome. The fact that you're back in for that, that's got me juiced as well. I wasn't uh, going to miss that. Them sending over a Zoom link with a phone number attached to it and having to explain to Shark how you can call in, use the passcode and everything. I emailed them why, Shark. They said they don't have any landlines anymore. And he goes, this is basically the the, the best way all for gone, us to do huh? it. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, so we all got all that going. And then here's a little clip that I stumbled upon last night uh, with Coach Mike Krzyzewski. The best advice I got throughout my whole life was when I was 14. The night before my first day in high school, my mom said, make sure you get on the right bus. And I was a 14-year-old kid in in Chicago, and I said, Mom, look, I know the city. And she said, that's not the bus I'm talking about. What bus do you mean? And she said, the bus you're going to drive for the rest of your life. Only put good people on that bus and only get on a bus that's driven by a good person because you'll never accomplish what you want by doing it alone. But you'll accomplish a heck of a lot more by doing it with great people. Pretty astute astute advice. That's good. It was. I mean, coming from the most uh, successful college basketball coach of recent times, obviously, you know, John Wooden, but what he did over five decades is... You know, four and a half days is utterly amazing. Uh, so I heard that. It got me fired up. Surrounding yourself with good people. Always important. Always paramount. We'll talk to President Carter about that here coming up next. What's uh, What if Chris Farley was the bus driver? What do you do then? Well, you wouldn't have any lunches because <laughs> that damn Sasquatch would eat them all. Yeah. And if peeing your pants is cool, well, send me Miles Davis. Miles Davis, baby. So had all that going for us. Oh, what else had me juice, juice yesterday? is I was doing off-campus, and I love 90s movies. I love a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Anything like before Big Daddy, I could probably pull any quote out of 
and be locked in and be able to get it. And Hester tried to pull out something about, we were talking about bankers or something. And this, and I tried to go to break. He's like, I have some money. I have a, I have a little money. I have, I keep it in a jar. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in, sir. I was like, don't you try to slide a wedding singer quote, quoted <laughs> on me and think that I'm not going to be here for a good time. Slip so, one past this goalie. Absolutely. Uh, tremendous, tremendously good time. And then it was fun last night. Uh, Arlington to beat, uh, defeated Lancaster in, I think, the second round of the high school tournament. It was up at Arlington last night. My, one of my friends, he's like, hey, you want me to pick up Cullen go to the game? I'm like, yeah, sure. I've got other pick up other kids. And I was like, hey, who are they playing? They're, they're playing Lancaster. I was like, well, oh. I need to probably head over there. I got yeah. some of my coaches. My two seventh and eighth grade basketball coaches were both there. Uh, Coach Clark and Coach Barron's both did a great job with me. Got to introduce them to my son, my fourth grade son, Cullen. And uh, that was fun. Talked to some of the uh, old administration and coaches that were all there. Uh, so it was an enjoyable time. We got to watch a pretty good game. So a lot of fun with that. All that has me juiced. And then today, first day of me teaching class at Ohio State here for the second term of spring nice. semester. You well, look nice today. You know, it's a little bit, it's tough. It's rainy, but it's warm. Yeah. And I, I move around a lot during class, a lot of engagement. And so I, I was going to wear a lot sweater. of water. Hydrate before class. Problem is I've done that before and I had to bail out <laughs> with about 10 minutes left. Like, if you guys want to leave, well. that's great. I've been trying to hold off, but I'm going to literally pee my pants if I don't go now. So I like spread it out. <laughs> had to use the restroom because I drink so much darn water in here. And 80 minutes doesn't seem like a long time to hold yourself, but it was. Shark, what's Shark's got to say? I remember back in the day when I got poison ivy, I used to just put bleach on it, but then it started like jacking up on my skin and somebody told me like, you shouldn't do that. And I was like, okay, I won't. <laughs> Putting bleach on poison ivy. Yeah. Well, you uh, scratch it down, bleach it. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll burn it off. Dry, it dries <laughs> yeah, it out, but it'll, do that. it'll scar that. pretty bad. Yeah. I'll tell you what has me, ju- what had me juiced last mm. night about 9.30. The uh, Cavs and Mavs had been tied at 98 with seven minutes to go, but Dallas scored the next 10 points to go up 108-98 with four and a half minutes left. Not looking good for my Cavaliers, but then Max Struess <laughs> hit four three-pointers in a span of 67 seconds, and then Donovan Mitchell added a pair of threes. The Cavs had gone on a 20 to 9 run to take a 1 point lead with 10 seconds left. Dallas has the ball for possibly a final shot to either win it or lose it. This is Tim Alcorn on WTAM radio in Cleveland. Doncic bounce underneath the PJ and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! They measured it at 59 feet. Cavaliers win 121-119. They sweep the two-game season series against Dallas. When's the last time you experienced something like that, Shark? Um, Oh, gosh. Beamer, when I was uh, a sophomore in high school, I hit a shot from three-quarters court (laughs) to... To win a game in church league basketball. LeBron had a couple of those in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, his first stint with the yes, Cavs. Against, against Orlando, uh, Orlando. And then yeah. Washington, right? When Gilbert Arenas was playing for the Wizards. I think he had one then, too. I think uh, also that year he scored 27 straight points in the fourth quarter against Detroit. Anyway, I will never forget that game. Uh, also, I have to say this. My grandmother was born on February the 28th, 1916. So happy 108th birthday to Grandma today. She actually lived to be 95. Wow. You know what? You remember the uh, the 
Devin Smith touchdown against Wisconsin. Yeah, the, the Braxton, the Braxton on a Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. That was great. I went to bed really happy, woke up the next morning and found out Grandma died. But anyway, today would be her 108th birthday, Beamsy. Uh, well, happy birthday to her. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you brought the calf sound because that was pretty crazy last night. Woke up, saw that this morning. Uh, had a heck of a day yesterday. Her ceiling collapsed in her house, uh, so that was not a great situation. I'll tweet out some pictures uh, of it a little bit later. So uh, I had actually, I mean, told Meredith like at four o'clock it was okay, and there had a crack appeared last week. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know what's going on with that. Let's, let's get out the spackle. And then yesterday, Bob, I heard I heard a thud. See the ceiling is like moving down a couple inches. I'm like, let's get Theo and William and you out of here. So they went down to Dayton last. They went down mm. to Dayton last night, and literally eight minutes after they had walked out the door to drive down to Dayton, like I had a ceiling on the ground. So cleaned that up last night. Got a guy coming today uh, to try and fix it. Everything was dry. I showed you pictures. Yeah. Like it wasn't wet. Like it wasn't a leak. So I have no clue uh, what was happening. But pair that with the childcare. Uh, situation over the last couple of days. I mean, it's been one hell of a week. It's been a hell of a week, and it's only Wednesday. So that's got me fired up in a negative way. But what's got me fired up in a positive way is president at The Ohio State University, Ted Carter. He's going to join the program next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and good morning. Multiple problem spots to let you know about. First, the ramp from 161 westbound to I-270 southbound is slightly blocked off because of flooding. Right now, the right lane is open. Also, watching a crash on 23 that has all southbound lanes blocked at London Grove Port Road. We are still also keeping an eye on the far west side, where US 40 is closed in both directions between State Route 38 and State Route 56. And on State Route 104, it is closed in both directions, just beyond Durant Road. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stark. And Here's a list of undisputed facts. Beamer is round. Shark was a swinger. And no one derails a show like Bobby Carpenter. No one. This is Morning Juice. Here's along here. A little Wednesday edition of the program. Hopefully everybody's staying safe out there. Tornado warnings over here in Columbus. The thing has moved out east. Right now we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Check in with the president of The Ohio State University. He is Ted Carter. Mr. President, thanks so much for the time. Uh, appreciate it. I'm sure it's been a crazy last couple of months for you transitioning uh, into the office of the presidency at Ohio State. What's that these first 60 days or so uh, been like on the job? Thanks for the time as always. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, Good to talk to you, Brandon and Bobby. Uh, It's been exciting. Uh, It has been uh, like drinking a little bit out of the fire hose. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot to learn here. Uh, But I will tell you, every day that I'm here, it's a validation that I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I'm really excited to be here in Columbus and at The Ohio State University. You have a long story, you know, Navy career, you get done flying jets. All of a sudden, then you find yourself running the Naval Academy. You go to Nebraska, you end up here. Why why Ohio State, after so much time in public service, you know, you could have probably retired and been relaxing somewhere, but why (laughs) choose to take on another challenge? Well, my whole life, uh, 38 years in the Navy, as you pointed out, a lot of time at sea, flying jets, uh, running aircraft carriers, then leading in academia uh, at a place like the Naval Academy. Uh, I found that I had a passion to want to continue to not only serve, but serve in higher education. And uh, I was really fortunate. Nebraska came and found me. I'm really appreciative for my time in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Omaha. 
and uh, you know, four years there. And Ohio State recruited me just as they did in Nebraska. And the reason I came to Ohio State is, first of all, I mean, Ohio State is the top in the nation and and just about everything they do from academics to scholarship to research to the arts, uh, certainly in, uh, you know, medicine, clinical care, and, of course, athletics. And that was very attractive to me. And as our nation is having a a narrative and a a conversation about what the future of higher education is, I know that the the podium is bigger here at Ohio State, and I want to be at that podium to have that conversation. Our nation needs higher education, so I'm proud to be the spokesperson for that. He is President Ted Carter with us here on the Morning Juice, and um, yeah, Mr. President, we all—I mean, I appreciate the time so much, and you know, I'm alma mater of Ohio State, and my co-host Bobby is too. Um, what what have you found to be the main differences um, from coming over from Nebraska, and then so far? Uh, being at Ohio State, I know you just mentioned everything being on a little bit of a bigger podium, but uh, main differences so far that that you've found in these first couple months or so? Well, uh, similar to Nebraska, uh, the entire state cares about their flagship campus. So in Nebraska, that's uh, you know the Cornhuskers and Lincoln. Same thing here in the state of Ohio. Everybody cares about the Buckeyes. Everybody in the state of Ohio is a Buckeye fan. And, and people might say that they're rooting for somebody else, but I, I know that to be true. Uh, the second is uh, the, the size and scope and scale of the operation here at, at Ohio State is huge. I mean, it's arguably the third largest campus. I would argue it's one of the most complex campuses in the country. I'm attracted to large, complex organizations. And, and I'll be honest here, I am still learning. Uh, you know, this is a campus that runs on over $9 billion a year, 66,000 students, uh, fantastic faculty and staff. So just learning uh, the complexity of this organization and how it works. I'm starting to get through all of the normal drumbeat meetings. We just had our board of trustee meetings last week for the first time. So, yes, just getting your arms wrapped around, you know, the Columbus campus, all our regional campuses, uh, the research that we do through all 88 counties here in Ohio State, uh, and how we plug in with uh, every every constituent in the state and the impact we have economically in the state, the business community. Uh, so I'm learning very quickly, uh, but uh, I'm excited to take on this big role. Talking to President Ted Carter of Ohio State University, and for those of you who don't know, he was a hockey player growing up and played hockey in school before becoming a top gun pilot. And then you obviously take over, you know, Nebraska coming here depart after departing from the Navy. And you mentioned athletics a couple of times, you know, how involved do you intend to be on the athletic side? I know that we just hired a new AD in Ross Bjork looking for a new basketball coach. Is Is that something that is a priority for you? Absolutely. It's one of the main pillars of the university. I I would use the phrase, it's the front porch of the university. It's what uh, actually draws everybody in the state of Ohio and, quite frankly, across the nation to our campus is our athletics. 36 D1 programs, the largest revenue-generating athletic department in the United States, arguably the most valued football program in the United States, uh, and I've been in athletics uh, as a youth. I played sports uh, all through uh, high school. I played four years of ice hockey at Navy. I was the team captain in 1981. And I was very involved in NCAA and Navy athletics when I was the superintendent at Navy for five years. Uh, became uh, very involved. I was the voting member for Nebraska in the uh, uh, Chancellor's and President's Council in the Big Ten. 
And that is a draw for me to be here. Gene Smith and I knew each other before I came here. Uh, love Gene Smith. There's no replacing him. Uh, but I'm excited about our future with Ross Bjork. Uh, he, he is the future for us in the athletic department. And to answer your question straight up, I will be involved. Uh, I was involved in Nebraska when I had to make the really tough decision about letting Scott Frost go as a football coach. I was involved in hiring Matt Rule. Uh, so, yes, I will. Uh, it's part of our portfolio. And, uh, of course, I will empower and, and entrust and uh, not only Gene as he's here with us till the end of June, but Ross as he takes over the reins. There's a lot of big things to do. As, as you all know, the landscape of collegiate uh, and college athletics is changing dramatically. It really is. And we had an opportunity a couple of few weeks ago to check in with Ross Bjork. And he was the same thing, like drinking out of a fire hose and getting ready to go and see, seeing things back at College Station before transitioning fully uh, to Columbus. Ultimately, though, Mr. President, why why Ross? What set him apart from the rest of the field uh, in the athletic department search or director search? Yeah, a number of things. Uh, first of all, his leadership capabilities coming in. Uh, He's, he was the youngest athletic director ever selected at a Power 5 program when he went to Ole Miss. He was the youngest athletic director when he went to Western uh, Kentucky. Uh, so he's got a lot of experience for his relatively young age. He'll have the type of runway out in front of him that Gene Smith had when he came here. And quite frankly, Ross has some real background in some of this changing landscape, NIL, uh, conference realignment, having somebody come from the SEC into the Big Ten, I think is a plus. Uh, and his energy and his fundraising capabilities, uh, the whole package, when I looked across, and we had a lot of great candidates, uh, let, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, Ross was the clear winner in, the, in that interview. And I have to admit, I did not know Ross personally before I interviewed him. And uh, I, along with our search committee, uh, was blown away by uh, what he's going to bring here. I think people will be really excited when they get to know him. How do you, you mention you know, the, the shifting sands of college athletics? You know, being a college athlete a number of years ago, it's been 20 years for me. How do you, how do you envision, Ross, this looking here over the next five to 10 years? Well, I think we have to stay true to our principles. In other words, uh, you know, we're, we're still amateur athletics. We need to bring our best athletes here to compete. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want them to get an education. I think that's really important. There'll be a lot of changes when we come to things like shared revenue, are they employees or not, you know, what a conference is going to look like in two to three years, what's, you know, FBS and Power 5 football going to look like, Big Ten, SEC, the other conferences. There's a lot out there uh, that's going to change. And some of it's playing out in the courts, some of that, some of which we can only have to stand on the sidelines and, and see what comes out of that. Uh, but we'll be prepared. Uh, you know, what Ohio State has uh, going for itself is not just a fantastic fan base, uh, but, you know, one of the few programs in the country that doesn't operate on any type of tax dollars or university money. Uh, we'll see how we're able to maintain that going forward. Uh, but I am optimistic that we're still going to be able to manage 3061 sports, be competitive, uh, and attract and retain the right coaches and the right players. Uh, he is President Ted Carter of the Ohio State University. And, you know, we've talked a lot about Ohio State, talked a lot about sports. And the one thing that I'd be miss, remiss if I didn't ask you about, I, I love our our armed forces and I love the Navy. You were a Top Gun pilot when we met back at on campus at Ohio State's <laughs> practice. You told me to look up the two consecutive miracles. You were part of a podcast that Maverick was based around a mission that you were involved in. What was that like as an experience as flying in a Top Gun 
pilot and then also the fact that they sculpted a movie around something you were involved in? You know, uh, you just never know where your life's going to take you. Uh, I didn't think anything of it at the time. We were deeply involved in combat operations in Kosovo in 1999 and then Iraq uh, in 1999. So the mission you're referring to was a uh, a multiple F-14 Tomcat mission into uh, uh, a site just west of Baghdad where we had to take out a command center. And the only way to do it was to put two penetrator laser-guided weapons uh, through a, a target that was overall about the size of a football field, and I put the second target in through a three-square-meter vent line, uh, amazingly similar to what they do in the movie, and the actual footage of that combat mission uh, was uh, part of the reference for that movie. So, yeah, that was that was pretty exciting to see that they used some of that. Uh, a lot of the movie does have real-world uh, pieces to it, uh, and for my money, I think it's the best-made visual what it feels like looks like to fly in a high performance jet aircraft that's ever been produced so uh, i love the movie uh, uh and i know uh, your fans have all seen it. i've only seen it about 57 times so. <laughs> uh, bob saw the second one in theaters i think 27 times i don't even know uh what he did for the first mr president we appreciate the time thanks for joining us here this morning thanks for carving out some time and a busy schedule uh let's check in again soon shall we absolutely look forward to talking to brandon and bobby there he goes. Thank you. Ted Carter, president of the Ohio State University with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We'll recap what he just had to say next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Multiple issues to let you know about this morning. First, the ramp from 161 westbound to I-270 southbound has flooding in it. Only the right lane is open. Move slow through that area. Also on US-23, all lanes are shut down right now at State Route 665 because of a crash. This is in both directions. Again, on 23 at State Route 665. We're also keeping an eye on the far west side this morning where US-40 is closed in both directions between State Route 38 and State Route 56. Lastly, State Route 104 is closed in both directions beyond Rett Road because of debris on the roadways. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stucker. Nation. What's the going rate for a good babysitter? Also, Shark needs a raise. You're listening to Morning Juice. Hour number three of the program for us on a Wednesday. Brandon B. Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark, coming up here at 835. We'll check in, talk to our good friend, Berm, about all things Buckeye Cruton and some Buckeyes. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning, it's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus, your destination for top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Good day to take a listen to our podcast. We just had Ohio State President Ted Carter on the program. I mean, there's so many different avenues. Let it go down with him. We could obviously, we could talk for 30 minutes about Top Gun with him. Talk some athletics and what was going on, but oh, yeah. it, was, it was great stuff. I mean, it's finally good to get to, to talk to him, and you've met him in person, but I can't imagine what these first two months on the job have been like when he's talking about, yeah, 88 counties, and we're involved in all of them, and research, and $9 billion, and <laughs> all these, oh. I mean, just fully understanding the actual cog that is Ohio State and what a large business it is for everybody, right? I mean, you think about medical, you think about sports, you think about general campus, you think about education, everything that Ohio State has its arms in, I mean, he has got to be on top of. And just learning that fundamentally and what it means and just what the reach is, yeah. like, yeah, Nebraska's big. 
You know, it's a Big Ten program. It's a large university. This is one of the biggest in the world. Well, you mentioned you start talking about the nine billion dollars, and you know that the, the largest athletic department budget, and the fact that it's, like you said, like Nebraska, it is you know basically the front the athletics of the front porch of the university, which the university is really the flagship of the state. And Nebraska, while it's a great state, not near the the population base that Ohio has, which is you know roughly eleven and change million people. In the seventh largest state in the country, yeah. So like that's a big difference. Like that's a huge deal. And I think that's what attracted him. He likes big challenges, big problems, and there's obviously a lot here with higher education and higher level athletics that you know, he's going to dive into. And what's interesting, his call sign was Slapshot. We didn't even get a chance to get into that. No. He played hockey in college, and he, it was like around the time when Slapshot came out. And I think it, if I remember correctly, when I was talking to him at practice. He, he said it's because the slap shot was not great. It was so bad. I think the coach told him, yeah. never, don't ever do that again. <laughs> if I, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And, yeah. you know, that, I wish, heck, we still had him on. Keep asking those questions, but he's a very busy man. So we, uh, we're that thank- took weeks of planning. Oh, yeah. It's, weeks. Yeah, you know, there's a lot going on. I mean, right. And he's not a guy that, you know, you're calling twice to get out of bed at 7.30. I guarantee you President Carter wakes up at probably 6 or earlier, yeah. given the fact he was in the Navy for 38 years. Uh, those are generally folks that are being I would define as early risers. Uh, those there's not many unaccounted for hours in his day. I'll just we'll probably say yes. that. It's safe to say, I would assume. So he's a president that played college athletics that's highly involved, referred to it as the front porch. I know Bo talks about that all the time. I tried to when we were asking questions going back and forth here. I was like trying to ask questions that what would Bo Bishop want the answer to? <laughs> those are the ones that I tried to like sculpt and how I tried to go about the framing of it, and he did a good job. You know, when you're talking about what set Ross apart, yeah, what's his, his what's role? What's the difference between here and Nebraska? Yeah, what, you know? what's your role in athletics? Yeah. You know, how important is it here? You know, why is it important? All the things that you know, a lot of presidents would shy away from. And then, what do you think the role is? Like, how do you see college athletics looking moving forward? And there's there, there's a lot there because he alluded to the fact that there's some shifting sands. And it's not going to be like status quo. It's not going away. Yeah, yeah and like, we've got to figure it out. And why did he come here, Beam? He's got one of the, one of the biggest podiums. Yeah, to be a, a champion for why we need higher, uh, higher institutes of higher learning, higher level uh, academics, and then what athletics need does to look like. Here was one of the everything that he said was interesting, but him talking about being involved uh, in athletics moving forward here at Ohio State. We can get it playing. Sure. You fall asleep. Of the university, I, I would use the phrase, it's the front porch of the university. It's what uh, actually draws everybody in the state of Ohio and, quite frankly, across the nation to our campus is our athletics. 36 D1 programs, the largest revenue-generating athletic department in the United States, arguably the most valued football program in the United States, uh, and I've been in athletics uh, as a youth. I played sports uh, all through uh, high school. I played four years of ice hockey at Navy. I was the team captain in 1981. And I was very involved in NCAA and Navy athletics when I was the superintendent at Navy for five years. Uh, became uh, very involved. I was the voting member for Nebraska in the uh, uh, Chancellors and Presidents Council in the Big Ten. And that is a draw for me to be here. Gene Smith and I knew each other before I came here. Uh, love Gene Smith. There's no replacing him. 
but I'm excited about our future with Ross Bjork. Uh, he, he is the future for us in the athletic department. And to answer your question straight up, I will be involved. Uh, I was involved in Nebraska when I had to make the really tough decision about letting Scott Frost go as a football coach. I was involved in hiring Matt Rule. Uh, so, yes, I will. Uh, it's part of our portfolio. And, uh, of course, I will empower and, and entrust and uh, not only Gene, as he's here with us till the end of June, but Ross, as he takes over the reins. There's a lot of big things to do. As, as you all know, the landscape of collegiate uh, and college athletics is changing dramatically. It, there's so much in there. <laughs> Just so much in there from him. And it does seem, as in the past, there has been the athletics department of the university, the athletics wing, and then the higher education wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those two ships maybe didn't meet in the night, and there hasn't always been synergy between those two departments. It does seem, as far as the athletics front and then the higher education front with President Carter being involved in everything, that that synergy is going to be very high. And I'm sure that he was involved in Chris Holtman being fired earlier this season. I'm probably pretty certain that, okay, what's the buyout for Chip Kelly over at UCLA? I mean... He's got to stamp off on everything that oh, yeah. is done. And like you've already seen hiring of Ross Bjork. Like there are already things that have made its way down the checklist that he has obviously had his hands in. Uh, so this is just a little his bio here. Uh, Carter earned his bachelor degree in physics and oceanography, in oceanography from the U.S. Naval Academy where he played hockey and served as team captain. He's a graduate of the Navy, Navy Fighter Weapons School also known as Top Gun, and holds educational credentials from the Navy Nuclear Power School, the U.S. Air Force Air War College, the Naval College, and the Armed Forces Staff College. Carter's 38-year military career includes logging more than 6,300 flying hours while operating from 19 different aircraft carriers. He flew 125 combat missions in Iraq, Iraq, Afghanistan, Kuwait, Bosnia, and Kosovo. Carter is a distinguished fly cross and combat distinction for valor and a bronze bronze star recipient recipient he holds the american record for carrier arrested landings with over 2000 mishap free landings in 2012 he received 2022 carter received the us naval academy's distinguished graduate award in recognition of his military service and leadership he's the son of an english teacher carter was raised in rural one high school town of Burraville, Rhode Island, where he and his wife Linda lived and had, well, he thought at the time he was living in Lincoln, he has two children, Brittany and Christopher. So he's about as accomplished a human being as you're yeah. going to find out there. What does 6,300 hours of flight time in a fighter jet do to your body? Well, and that's, yeah, that, that's another follow-up question. And yeah. his, his back is actually surprisingly in good shape. I asked him that. Most fighter pilots have bad backs simply from the Gs pressing on them. I would imagine. And what that does to your spine of having to lean through and do all those different things. Um, an, an incredibly impressive resume. And the fact that he's landed on, more, has had more successful carrier landings than anyone else in the history of the United States is is pretty darn impressive as well. Yeah, it really is. You can take a listen to the full interview uh, on our podcast when the show is over around 9.05 uh, later on this morning. Again, type in Morning Juice in the search bar, hit the subscribe button, uh, and take a listen full. I mean, we've talked to him for 12 minutes. You could talk to him for three hours. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just, it's, uh, so I said during practice that day, I went, yeah. I watched it practice 
I watched as little of the practice as I ever had standing there with him because as I started hearing and he started talking and I knew a little bit about him, um, just and I started Googling it on my phone to make sure I had information, just asking him like all these different questions. And we had a lot more time. It was a more relaxed setting. And he was spending probably more time with me than he should have. But it was uh, it was a pretty remarkable experience and just very grateful for him to carve out some time. I believe that's the first time, at least in a number of years, that we'd have had the president on yeah. the fan here. I don't know if Gordon Gee ever came on. Uh, I think he may have been the only person that I would say is was probably in that realm who would have potentially come on here. Uh, but fantastic and really appreciate him spending some time with us. Absolutely, we do. Uh, again, you can head to our podcast right after the show, take a listen fully uh, to that, what was going on and what was talked about. Jackets at the Rangers tonight at 7 o'clock. 6.30 coverage begins with the fan. Buckeye women's hoops team chance to cement an outright Big Ten championship tonight against Michigan. That is a 7 o'clock start. 6.45 coverage begins on ESPN Columbus. So big night here in Columbus for the Ohio State women's basketball team. Chance to outright cement that. Super, super pumped. Great way to do it. Revenge game against Michigan. Only team to beat them them in the Big Ten. And it's their last game over at the shop before heading to Iowa City over the weekend. Buckeyes football staff is starting to fill together quite nicely for this upcoming season. We'll get into that next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. A couple trouble spots to let you know about. First on 23 right now all lanes are shut down at State Route 665 because of a crash. Crews are working. Also on the northeast side the ramp from 161 westbound to I-270 southbound. We're watching flooding over there that has traffic slow moving. We are also watching a closure on US 40 in both directions. Shut down right now at State Route 56 and State Route 38 because of debris on the roadway and on State Route 104. It is closed in both directions beyond Durrett Road because of debris on the roadway. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stucker. The hardest part of your workday is over. You've managed to get out of your fart sack. Attention campers, lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. This is Morning Juice. Thank you very much, Uncle Tony. I needed that today. I need I need some of his inspiration, some of his words. I'm terrified to walk back into my house to see if my ceiling that is remaining is still there or not. Would you rather have more fall? I don't. Or less? I, I don't know. I, I at this point, I just who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> like I, I put a um, so last night I told you my my ceiling fell down in my living room and uh, our program director Fish just walked in here and you know was talking about the Ted Carter interview that we had just done and I showed him a picture and he was like holy blank <laughs> he's like that's your ceiling really did collapse I'm like oh yeah it's a mess uh, but I did feel okay about myself again like this crack appeared um, it had it had been there for and we've been in our house for four years like I'm pretty sure that it was there when we moved in and we didn't even you know, think anything about it. And then last week, Bob, it, it got worse. Mm. Like, yeah, like there were more cracks. I'm like, huh, that's uh, interesting. So that's not a great situation. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. And then fast forward to yesterday, like the whole thing just came down. Uh, I told Meredith, uh, take the dog, take William, like get them out, make yeah. sure that they're safe. And so it was around, I, I don't know, six o'clock last night, six thirty. They had left at six fifteen, And I mean, 10 minutes after they had <laughs> they had left the home. It was on the ground, and I did a decent job cleaning up. I mean, there's still it was a, half of oh, my yeah. half of my lungs. Today, that's old school plaster. Yeah, is yeah, like that's heavy. That's a 
That's a boom when it hits. Oh yeah, and it was. It didn't really. It didn't damage anything. Like the window. I was really worried that it was gonna fall and swing and go out towards mm, that big nice. bay window. And, that's what you're looking for. A little more open air. Oh yeah, that, especially when we had a tornado. You know, tornado warning. Well, we don't have to worry morning. about the window breaking. No, I don't have to. Right, because it's already done for open me. Open it up. Let them on in. <laughs> yeah, sure. Come on in. Uh, the weather's fine. Uh, and so I cleaned it up a little bit last night, and my neighbor pops over, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I had a hole in my ceiling, man. I'm like, leave me, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah, leave me alone. He's like, do you need help? I'm like, no, I'm, I just need to be in a space where I'm by myself right now. Uh, but we got most of it cleaned up, and I got a guy coming today, but what a mess. I'm just, I was so thankful that William and the dog were not there, that they were out of the house, because that would have scared them both to high heaven. Oh, yeah, Theo would be walking around on eggshells. Oh, I dude, William, I was breathing in dust last night. Like, half William, of my lungs are oxygen and cardboard, or not cardboard, but, like, plasterboard and wood. I used to see these commercials all the time for mesothelioma beam. <laughs> Do you think you might qualify yeah, for that I, think, I, I might. I don't know what's up there. I'm not, I didn't, of course, I didn't put a glove, gloves on, mask. I mean, I'm just no, taking things that. out and throwing no. them in our little trash can. Your That's, lung- by the way, 200 pounds now. Oh, yeah, that plaster's heavy. Yeah. Don't worry, your lungs will filter it out. Yeah. I ever tell you, um, we, uh, in our old house, we had a, they put a bump out in off the kitchen that had a crawl space. And, you know, we're remodeling, we're redoing our basement. It's like, hey, you know, it'd be great to put a wine cellar in there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it'd be good. You know, I'd love to have like a little one, not, not too big, probably like seven, eight hundred bottle wine yeah. cellar. Nothing a nice crazy. size, nice size cellar. And like, all we got to do is just cut these cinder blocks down and dig out the dirt. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds pretty so easy. So we cut the center blocks out, and we start digging out the dirt, and we did it all in a weekend. Oh I had to cut my brother, a couple of my buddies, oh cut my. for high school buddies come over, and we Andy framed it in five-gallon buckets, like, up through the we- <laughs> up through the window in the basement. And Should have done it with a rock hammer. Yeah, one of my, I think it was one of my brothers, and, like, he had to pick, it's like deadlifting out of a zero, like, from the ground. With no, the, no space, the highest, well, the highest, the buckets each weighed about 80 pounds. And the the highest you could get the handle to was like with your feet because it was in a it was in the well window, and so my brother would stand it up out of there, and he did that for about four and a half tons of dirt is what they what our geotech estimated that probably was because as you it's not like topsoil it is packed yeah this dirt is seven eight nine feet in the ground stick all that out thousands of years old but that wasn't even the hardest part hardest part then was then we had to dig underneath the foundation in like three feet by two feet deep. And then we'd give, have three feet of space, dig out another three feet by two feet. And then we, we had to cut through the top and we had to pour concrete foundation and walls for yep, that. Yeah. And we did that. And the thing was like, it's amazing. We built a concrete chute for it. So we didn't have to bring it down in buckets. We should have just probably got a concrete, like ordered a couple yards of concrete at a time and done all this. But instead, we ordered a couple skids of <laughs> of concrete to mix. <laughs> and so one of my buddies, Ross Holman, Buckeye actually. Yeah. Buckeye. He <laughs> he's like, I ripped open like three skids of concrete bags into the into the cement mixer, uh-huh. mixing it up. They Someone would hump him over in a wheelbarrow and then put it down the chute. Got a rickety operation? Are you oh, running? Catch down there. We're shoveling into buckets, dumping the buckets on there. I mean, I'd never worked with concrete to this degree before. I was carrying them. I'm, it's like slosh on the side of my legs. No big deal. 
the next day I, or that night I go to shower. It feels like I got sanded. Like I had, I had burns from the lime. Well, once on the it dries, my, Bob, you can't get it off. It's not even the drying. It's the chemicals, the lime. You're supposed to wear gloves and stuff when you did that. But that wasn't even the worst. It was the fact that Ross had ripped open two skids of concrete bags and probably ingested all the dust. <laughs> what do you he, what do you open it? Dude, <laughs> he looked like a ghost. I mean, you could have taken it. It was like the dust in your house. It was all over him. He goes, don't worry. I've only just been breathing this in for the last two days. It's chemicals. He's no like, I can deal. feel my lungs hardening now. <laughs> go, don't worry. Do I still have those of commercials? You'll be good. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be fine. Oh, I, I'm like... Mm-hmm. Semi-legit worried about him. I ingested a lot of it. He did even more. But he, I mean, <laughs> if how much he had on his person was any indication of how much he breathed in, it was not good. You got a little bit on you. You got a ton in you. And plus, he's like, my forearms are back. You're killing me from ripping open these bags. I'm like, that be the least of your problems, dude. I think it is. That pain will pass. Oh, but he was great. I really appreciate it. And the wine cellar turned out nice. It was one of the most It would have scarred- been really bad if it turned out poorly. Well... I was so sad when we moved because I liked going down there. I felt like as much like Happy Gilmore's grandpa as I could. Like I built, I built the whole house with my bare hands. <laughs> but I would come back. It was when I was playing for the, the Patriots. I would come back and fly back during our bye week, like during our, my off time and our OTAs on the weekends. And I would go in the basement. And just like Andrew Frayne, I had like a little half shovel and just dig it out. And it, like the last little columns I was doing by myself. And it was just so depressing. It took so long to do. <laughs> My back would hurt so bad when I went back out there, fly back. I mean, I was just utterly exhausted. I would come home like I'm coming home to work for 72 hours. It made that wine taste so much better, though. I don't know that it did. <laughs> and when we sold it, I was that depressed. I'm like, I'm not even going to be able to see this anymore. <laughs> It was unreal. Oh man! Well, I've, if it didn't taste good, that's one thing. Did that, I hope the you house? Is, I hope it at least added some value to your home. Uh, you know what? I hope that it did. <laughs> Unknown. <laughs> Unknown. Berm is next. Morning juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Right now, multiple trouble spots to let you know about. The first on 23 right now. It is completely shut down at State Route 665 because of a crash that crews are working to clear up. We're also still watching flooding on the ramp from 161 westbound to I-270 southbound. That is on the northeast side. Traffic through that tunnel is slow moving. Lastly, we are watching on the far west side on US 40. Both directions between State Route 56 and State Route 38 are shut down because of debris on the roadway. Same situation on State Route 104. It is closed in both directions, just beyond Durrett Road because of debris crews are working to clear out. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stuggerwall. If you make a wise crack about Dayton Pizza, Beamer will murder you dead. Ah, humor. I have it too. This is Morning Juice. Bring to be Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. A little Wednesday edition of the program. Right now we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Check with our good friend of the podcast, Out in the Eyes. He simply goes by the name of Berm. Berm, thanks so much for the time. Uh, always appreciate it. Crazy story out of um, Cleveland. Uh, there's been a player, highly ranked player, uh, from the great state of Ohio, suspended for his first game of his senior season. And the Trey McNutt is his name. I'm sure the Buckeyes will be on the clay, on the trail he plays for Shaker Heights. Just, I mean, Berm, you cover so much recruiting, you know, ground. Like, is it time that Ohio State had seven, or the state of Ohio had seven on seven spring football? Like, where are we at on this whole thing? 
Um, it's it's well past time for that. Uh, it, it's ironic, I suppose, if you look at Ohio State's um, you know summer camp schedule. They have all their one day recruiting camps, and then they have seven on seven days where the uh, teams around the state bring in their seven on seven teams and play. And uh, it, it, it's weird that the teams are allowed to do seven on seven stuff um, in May, but if a player like Trey McNutt wants to go play in one of these national events, like the pylon or battle seven on seven tournaments um, out of the state, because Ohio's teams are not allowed to participate in those that they get suspended. So, um, you know, it it is, it's weird. It's long past due. It's, it's funny that AAU basketball is allowed and these kids are not allowed to participate in football in, in the same way. I don't understand it. I've never understood it. Um, hopefully for Trey, it gets worked out where he's able to get that suspension overturned. But yeah, it's uh, it's a problem in Ohio. The, the lack of spring football, the lack of seven on seven is something that uh, has been discussed ad nauseum over the last decade. And just seems like for whatever reason, people are reluctant to uh adapt to the times so you know we talked a little about it a little bit earlier uh trey mcnutt is who we're talking about son of richard aka dick mcnutt a teammate of mine berm i don't know if you were back scouring the high schools then uh when he came out but a couple years older than me buckeye played on the 2002 national championship team you know highly recruited guy out of chicago um is there any worry that this could impact his pending recruitment as he is not committed to ohio state as of yet I doubt it. I mean, I suppose there's at least a a chance that he could end up transferring somewhere. His father is an assistant coach on Eddie George's staff down at Tennessee State. Um, So, you know, maybe maybe he moves. Who knows? But uh, even that wouldn't probably do too much to affect the overall tenor of his recruitment. As you mentioned, he is an Ohio State legacy. Um, That that matters. He's been doing been to campus dozens of times. He has a really good relationship with Tim Walton and Macquarie and Ryan Day. Um, he's he's not just a player in Ohio. He's the number one ranked player in the, in the state, according to a couple different uh, recruiting services and a consensus top three player in the state uh, as, a, as a safety slash defensive back prospect. So he's a big time guy. He's got offers from everyone that matters around the country. And you, you don't want to have these things crop up and and give you reason to think about leaving Ohio, but how that pertains to his eventual matriculation, I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it would impact it. Berm, how much are schools spending on uh, cookie cakes in hotel rooms? Because I saw the NCAA came mm. down and said you can't decorate a uh, potential recruit's hotel room anymore with stuff like that, but you can hand it to him in the lobby. It seems like a good rule to me. I don't know what you think. I know people will scoff. I think it is a good rule. I mean, it's 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 time and money that you don't need to spend. Uh, it's also, you know, my I'm I'm a little cynical, so I you know the easiest way to drop off a bag full of McDonald's cash is to just put it in a hotel room. You know what I mean? It's a lot less. Uh, well, it's a lot less easy to hand it to them in the lobby. Well, what about like the the hotel rooms that Rick Pitino was utilizing down at Louisville? Is that are we? with that decorations and maybe some of the brass that's going on down there. I think those are totally different style of rooms. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but I would imagine those are a little bit different. Like a Um, firehouse with uh, a a fireman's pole. 
Yeah, those are those are different rooms. Is it more um, like no, a no? Is, is it more like a no country for old men room, Berm, with like the shared like putting the money in the air vent, like that kind of situation? There's a lot of different rooms that can be used. Uh, it's but in this case, what it is, it's about the the administrations. It is about the player personnel departments. It's the same thing that's essentially happened with the no more photo shoots uh, oh during unofficial visits. Um, this is about time and resources for for the the teams and the staff. It's and it is also about money in some way because when you're decorating these rooms, if you have fifty official visitors coming in or sixty five, whatever the number is, I think sixty eight or something like that is now the number that you're allowed every year. You have to rent those. You have to reserve those rooms for an extra day. Not that that seems like a big deal, but. You know, if you if you want to get in there and get them decorated, and then all the time and money that people are putting into creating posters and puzzles and custom cakes, it is kind of silly, but it's also like it's all. I, I mean, just I don't just I, I'm not on the side of of wasted time. You know, how are you supposed to recruit a kid without a customized cookie cake? And decorating their locker, and then allowing them to have the photo shoot on their unofficial. Like, what are we coming to, man? Like, this is bare bones style. Like, these kids aren't going to feel special. They're going to need to see a psychiatrist. I know it's so sad. We're we're not really we're not showing them the love. Uh, but I guess you have to do it the old way and like talk to them and and show them what your school can do for them as a person and as a player. Which I know sucks, but I mean that's. I guess you just have to go back to the roots, you know? Like, hey, let's have a conversation. He is Byrne with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Uh, a couple of new additions for Ohio State staff. Uh, Berm, one comes over from Alabama, new staffer to help out Mark Pantone. Uh, he joins as player personnel director, and that would be Sam Petito joins in that position. Um, obviously, a situation in which Mark Pantone is acquiring all the help that he can get. Yeah, and so you know, this is the fourth director of player personnel in the last four years. So it's it's kind of become a revolving door position for Ohio State because Mark Pantone, as the general manager, is still really the guy in charge of all the player personnel department. Um, Petito is very well respected, very well liked. He spent a lot of time at Alabama. I am curious as to whether or not his intention is to stick around in Columbus or if if it's a you know a stopgap between him and another spot. Um, based on the way things have gone the last three years with the previous player personnel directors, I, I would imagine it's a one-year rental for Ohio State. Um, but he is very, very good at his job. Uh, and a guy that Mark Fantoni will not have to babysit, which is a little bit different considering the, la- the last couple guys were taking major steps up to fit the role. And for Petito being in Alabama, uh, it is more of a parallel, you know, more of a, more of a parallel move. So uh, I, I do think that it's it's a really good fit for Ohio State. He's got a lot of connections already with players. Ohio State has been recruiting uh, as the Buckeyes continue to get more and more involved in Alabama and Georgia and Texas and in those areas in the South. So uh, it's, it's a good move. Uh, but again, we'll see if there's any real long-term impact to it. I, that That is to be seen. Um, Ohio State added pass rush specialist Brandon Jordan as like a defensive assistant. Where do you kind of see him fitting in, and do you think this is kind of a heir apparent situation to Larry Johnson 
whenever he decides to move on? I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with taking over for Larry, who you know did just sign the two-year contract extension. So we know the plan is at least for him to be with Ohio State through the 2025 season. Um, I think this is a situation where if you're Larry Johnson, he takes on more of a role of mentor for a lot of these young uh, defensive line coaches around the country, and I think it's an opportunity for Brandon Jordan to come in and and cut his teeth a little bit, but also gives Larry a chance to get updated on some of the more modern techniques that come with pass rushing. Uh, Brandon Jordan is, is really known for that as a pass rush specialist. Um, so that I imagine will be his role. Um, it is interesting because it's not as though Larry has lost Alan Clark, who was his uh, graduate assistant slash defensive line assistant a year ago. So uh, now you're adding to it. And it, it seems to me like it's more, a a little bit of favor doing between Larry uh, and Brandon Jordan, um, and, and again an opportunity for 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 Larry Johnson to to get up to speed on what the what these kids are seeing on social media because uh, Brandon Jordan has made a good reputation for himself working with NFL players, um, and, and now you can put that back in play for Ohio State. But long-term, it has nothing to do with replacing Larry Johnson, though. Berminator, always appreciate the time. Have a great day, buddy, and we'll check in again soon, okay? Appreciate it, guys. See ya. There you go. Sperm with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Going to reveal our fan poll next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Multiple roads are closed because of debris right now. The first I-71 southbound is closed at US-62 because of debris on the roadways. US-40 closed in both directions at State Route 38 and State Route 56. State Route 104 is also shut down but beyond Durant Road. And US-42 is closed between I-70 and US-40. Again, all of this because of debris on the roadways. We're also watching a crash on I-70 westbound. Right lanes are blocked just at Kelton Avenue because of a crash, crews are working to clear up. Last but not least, expect lane closures on 33 westbound, just beyond I-270 on the northwest side because of a crash. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stockton. Counting down the days until Sharks retirement. You are listening to Morning Juice. 499. It'll be 498 tomorrow. It'll be 497 on Friday. Shark, how's that make you feel? Real good. Real good. We here on The Juice are brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Healthy Leader in Testosterone and Hormone Replacement Therapy. You can, of course, always visit them on the line over at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Uncle Bo and the boys are going to be done after, or not be done, they'll be up when we're done. All kinds of good stuff. Uncle Bo live at the Combine this morning over in Indy. Should be oh, a fun, yeah. fun little show for them. Live yesterday, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I was, my house has been pandemonium the last couple of days. I, to be honest, quite frankly, haven't been paying attention to a lot of things. It's that theater. A theater shark tells me he likes so much. Why are we listening to Atlantis? Well, because on this date in 1996, the 38th Grammy Awards, Atlantis won Album of the Year for Jagged Little Pill, but then also You Ought to Know, which Shark said. That inspired his love for cinematography, though only the in-theater experience. You know, I was um, st- I was very upset, and I still am upset, that that concert of hers we were supposed to go to up in Cleveland got canceled, and we never made our, never made our way back up there for that show. It's one of life's great what-ifs. 
What if COVID never happened? What if we got to see Alanis Morissette? What would have happened? How great of that concert would have been? You ought to know, Beam. I, well, I, sh- I should have known. I ought to know. I didn't. Know, but I didn't. didn't get to. I yeah. didn't get to. It's really a bummer. One of life's great, great pleasures. I didn't get to seek. That's right. Well, I think she's coming back. Maybe, maybe you get that made up to you in a theater beam. I mean, there's all kinds of options there. I'm just excited for Shark being inside of 500 days left of work. Wow! I had tickets one time for a meatloaf concert here in Columbus. Mm. And it got canceled, and then he died. I'll yeah. never be able to see Meatloaf in concert. Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Well, I was supposed Lights. to go see ACDC, and then they ceased touring. So I heard they'd come touring again, but that was, I've waited all those years, and now I'll never wait. At a, a music festival that you posted on Instagram, looked pretty sweet last night. The oh, one I'm over in, yeah, in, in Maryland. Maryland. It was yeah. a, September. Yeah, I, I would like to go to that. Now. I would, too. You had, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. The Killers were headlining that Friday. Dave Matthews' band was headlining Saturday, I want to say. Or maybe it was Green Day headlining the next day. But it was pretty good. Like, there were a, a bunch of good options in there. Yeah. It was, That's uh, close to Meredith's solid. birthday. Maybe we'll, we'll go over there for a little birthday trip. There you her. go. There's a pretty good lineup, man. She loves Dave. A lot of diversity Dave. in music, though. Yeah. OARs, some other good stuff in there that I want to hear. Stuff from the 90s. Yeah. Fantastic! What do you got planned today? I'm gonna go teach class after this. What are, what's on? Uh, it's opening day, syllabus day, babe. Yeah. Okay, that's every everybody's favorite day. No, syllabus no day. we don't. Are we, you giving homework first day? No, or do you give homework? We don't have homework. Okay, no homework. Today. Are you more? All right. So if I were to be, what was, what's the class called? Um, it's it's a finance class. It is called. Uh, I think I believe it's. Oh, jeez, I'm losing my mind now. Private equity. My my section is private equity, but it's called venture cap and private equity. Venture cap and private equity. If I was a first A student and I would be taking on General Robert Carpenter the Third's private equity class, yeah. What am I getting out of that? What are some of the stuff we're covering? Um, goodness, deal structure, uh, history of private equity, deal structure, how to put deals together, different elements of it, how it works. All kinds of stuff like that. Good things, man. I know Meredith, how none of it works. Meredith would be more <laughs> inclined to take this class, I think, than you. What are you saying? I can't do private equity? There's a, there's some math involved. Nah, which I, I know math it. is not your strong suit. So you punted on that to her. I have. I don't need to do it. Yeah. You've got someone to do it for you. Yeah. Why do that when you've got the uh, guy who can't do math is cleaning up your living room last night? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's what I've gotten for today to see if my house is still upright when I get home. No, oh, this is one of my favorites. Oh, this is this is the be- this. I think this is the best. This is my favorite. Yeah, that's all good. But it's uh, yeah, get you going. What's our fan poll today, Beam? Our fan poll today. How awesome is how awesome President is Ted, Ted, how awesome is President Ted Carter? Also, how awesome is Alanis Morissette? Really awesome. Pretty awesome. Super <laughs> awesome. The most awesome human awesome being that's ever, ever existed. Yeah. Uh, our daily fan poll is sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft. Today's fan poll at 971thefan.com or on Twitter, formerly known as X. Wait, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Will the Ohio State women clinch an outright Big Ten championship tonight against Michigan? All they need to do is win. They had senior day festivities on the weekend. It's their last game this year at the shot. 
93% saying yes. And that's a revenge game because that's yeah. the only loss that they've suffered in the Big Ten so far this year. I like it. Hopefully they can keep a clean sheet. Win a game. Win a couple games. I mean, ideally win it all, but the Big Ten cha- tournament championship too. And get a one seed, I think they're pretty close. I think if they win two of their next three, they're getting a one seed. So. Shout out to uh, JM Russ Bucks on Twitter. Said Atlantis in Cincy on July 24th this summer. There you go. Uh, it sounds good to me. That sounds it's great. Sa- it sounds good to me. I gotta go. It's probably down what Riverbend. Never been to a concert at Riverbend. Riverbend's actually. cool. Yeah, never cool. been down there. Maybe saw Dave there a couple of times. I've seen Dave there. Yeah, seen I like Dave. the outdoor, I've seen the Dave outdoor at venue. Every Ohio venue. Outdoor venues are so much better than the indoor. So yeah, oh, better. absolutely. There's more energy. You get the energy flowing. People are feeling good. It's easier for people to smoke dope outside, so oh, they feel yeah. better about it. Well, I don't know if it's easier, but it's just... Oh, it feels more natural. I, I feel think. like if I'm inside and I'm smelling that, it's kind of s- like me last night breathing in all those chemicals from my ceiling. Yeah, it's good. Just breathing all that, that dust, yeah. blown insulation. Yeah, feeling good about that. Yeah, so I'm Meredith's dropping off William at the radio station here in an hour. I have no clue what to do with him today. Like, do we go back to the house and... Stay away from the other room. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't know. Shark, what's what are you doing at your house? Can I bring William over? Absolutely. I'll I'll be in bed, but you can bring him over. All right. You got some toys for him? Yeah, sure. All right. Perfect. We'll be over around eleven. Do you have toys at your house for kids? Of course he does. Of course. I got nine grandchildren. I didn't know. I mean, I'm trying to get rid of all my toys. (laughs) General had so much fun today. What do you say we do it again tomorrow on a big Thursday fail house? You good with that? Yeah, let's do it. Everybody have a great day. Uncle Bo and the boys are up next. We'll be back live tomorrow morning at six AM to break everything down. Have a good one. Talk to you then. Morning juice right here on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Multiple trouble spots to let you know about. First, we're watching a crash on 33 westbound just beyond I-270 on the northwest side that has lane closures in place. Also still watching a crash on I-70 westbound at Kelton Avenue that has the right lanes blocked off. We are still also keeping a close eye on multiple areas that are shut down because of debris on the road from last night's storm, including I-71 southbound at US 62, US 40 between State Route 38 and State Route 56, State Route 104 just beyond Durette Road completely closed right now, and US 42 is shut down between I-70 and US 40. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Steigerwald. This is a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet Gambling Promo Call 1 800 Gambler. Incredible finishes in basketball yesterday. None more amazing than the Cavs. Max Struess from well behind midcourt hits the game winner to beat the Mavs by two. Cavs were a four point favorite in the game. Cavs are currently 30 to 1 to win the NBA championship, 10 to 1 to win the East, and minus 150 to win the Central Division. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good morning, I'm Eric Reeser. The second-ranked Ohio State women's basketball team can capture the Big Ten regular season title outright tonight at the shot. Buckeyes will host Michigan at 7 p.m. The game's televised on Peacock, but Maddie Andrews will have the call on ESPN Columbus with pregame at 545. 
Ohio State wraps the regular season Sunday at number six, Iowa. That game's reportedly the most expensive ticket on record in women's basketball history. As for the Ohio State men's squad, Buckeyes host Nebraska tomorrow night at 6.30. On the court last night, Ohio University upset Akron 74-67. Bobcats are two games back of the Zips for the top spot in the Mid-American Conference. In the Big 12, BYU beat number seven, Kansas 76-68. That win snaps a 19-game home winning streak for the Jayhawks. And in the NBA last night, Max Struess's 59-foot buzzer-beating three lifted the Cleveland Cavaliers over the Dallas Mavericks 121-119. Breaking sports news when it happened.